Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's the one thing all great teams have in common? Great coaching. Try to suck up to me, everyone. I'm Gordon Bombay, the new hockey coach. All right, let's go! Line B, come on! We're Team USA, gathered from all across America. And we're going to stick together. You know why? Because we are ducks, and ducks fly together. It's the Quack Attack Podcast. Hey, everybody. I don't want to see any goats around here after the game. Got it? I'm Mike. That's Tommy. What's up, everyone? That's Kevin. Hey, y'all. On the phone again, Kevin. He teased us with a possible update about his car off the air. Kevin, what do you have to share to the listeners on the air about your car? And for those who are new, uh, Kevin's car has been broken <laughs> since, um, what, December? I would say November. November. Kevin's like, oh, yeah, I'll fix it in a couple yeah. weeks. And here we are in March. <laughs> Dude, the bus has just been good to me, man. The bus? So, yeah, it's been great. Yeah, public transit shout is great. To, shout out to Dart. <laughs> shout out to all your friends who've been giving you rides when you don't want to take the bus. <laughs> Sh- shout out to them as well, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> okay um update. update car update possible it's still kind of up in the air at this point but there's a chance that i might be inheriting my mother's car uh she's gonna take over <laughs> my grandmother's car um so uh th- there's a possibility for that uh, but <gasps> there's still some details that need to be worked out and whatnot so okay uh, but it, it's, a, it's a newish car it'd be the newest car i've ever had for sure i mean Okay. Yeah. Um, it's it's from this decade. Can we? So at one point you were ordering the parts, correct? Do you have the parts? I do have the parts. You just you just don't want to do the work. They are they are sitting on the floor in my room. Okay. So what are you gonna do with? Let's say you get a new car. What do you do with the parts? Do you still try to fix your old car and then try to sell that for a couple See, of grand? I don't know. I was thinking about that today. Like, I could like try to sell it and be like, "Yo, I've got these parts. You're gonna have to fix it if you buy it." Or I could try to fix it and then like sell it for whatever I can get for it, which probably won't be much. You could probably get five hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah, I think I could get like maybe five hundred bucks if I fixed it first. Well, I think if you don't fix it, you could still get five hundred. That's true. Because I mean, because you're gonna be selling it for parts, and they probably prefer that it. Like the parts would be already like separated. That's true, and I'd rather like they fuck it up as opposed to me fuck it up. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's... Let me let me see what a 2002 Mazda Protege in mint condition is worth. Right now. Okay. And and so and then we'll just like kind of d- detract yeah. or subtract as from we there. we'll move so on real Kelly quick. Kelly Blue Book. Um, Tommy, um, you've not been on the pod recently. Correct. Um, had a little, your wife got into an accident. Is that correct? Is what happened there? Okay. So I may have older, oversold this a little bit. Okay. Um, so last week I was getting ready to, to come to the studio to record. Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Um, and so long story short, my wife like hit a pole at the gas station. Oh. (laughs) 
and it wasn't really like a pole it was like one of those giant like balls that are on the ground that like that are next to the pumps uh-huh. prevent people from doing exactly what my wife did which is hit the pump like yeah. so she didn't hit the pump but it's like the dragon teeth or whatever yeah. and she basically just like backed into it and she was real flustered so i had to calm her down a bit and so now she and i have been like sharing a car for the last um last couple of weeks although i was out of town last week so she just had the car and luckily she did not hit a pole or anything with my car <laughs> but yeah a lot of car problems for the quack attack host yeah. mike i guess you're next because these things come in threes yeah i mean i just replaced my brake so that, that oh really me back yeah that sent me back a good amount um my wife is fine by the way yeah shout out to her uh now, you missed the last episode, which was sort of your idea, just about how Cool Runnings affected Trinidad and Tobago's run. So I just, just like real quick, wanted to get your sort of thoughts here because we sort of uh, went all in on it so and we did not have you. So I'm interested to hear your thoughts on just Trinidad and Tobago uh, sort of playing off the Cool Runnings run there. Well, um, and sorry to everyone but i actually haven't listened to that episode so apologies if i'm repeating things <laughs> but i i think they definitely um were inspired and i'm just wondering how much they like if they trained kind of similar to in cool runnings like all they played like roller hockey and stuff mm-hmm. instead of ice hockey um and if there was like a moment where they like got bitch slapped by the u.s like what was the final score like 11 to 2 or something like that or yeah. 12 to 1 um but then they like came back with like an upset win like, and they were, like, in position to be, like, going to the metal round, a la Cool Runnings, but then they, I mean, Cool Runnings, they crashed at the end. Yeah. And so I wonder if they just got, like, lost, like, 18 to nothing to Iceland or something. Well, well, I, we didn't talk about the training. Oh, so. training. I think training would have been really tough. I mean, did you guys look up if there's any arenas in, in there's, Trinidad? There's three arenas in Trinidad Tobago today. I don't know oh. how many there were in 94. Well, I wonder if they were able to build one after Cool Runnings. Yeah. Uh, or the 88 Jamaican team. Was it 88? Yes. Yeah, 88 Jamaican team. They built that kind of in anticipation of, oh, winter sports are going to be huge here in the Caribbean uh, or Caribbean. Did we uh, have we? I'm sure that was the that was definitely the logic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, as for the second one, it was a double elimination tournament and they went into that U.S. game 0-1. Oh, did according they? According to the standings. Oh. Yeah, so that was their last Well, do you game. think it's something where they're guaranteed like X amount of games? Like that they played is in very the, possible. Played in like the 11th place game because you don't yeah. want to go all the way from Trinidad and like be gone after three days. Yeah, yeah they, probably played, they probably played somebody on the other side, like Denmark or somebody in like whatever it was, the 10th place or 9th place game or something mm-hmm. like that. So yeah, well, they, there's probably another game to be had and, and one thing and before we get on to today's topic in, uh, in the movie cool runnings john candy i guess always said that like sprinters made the best bobsled people yeah um so i wonder Makes if there sense. was like an akin like oh soccer players make the best hockey players oh because i know like uh trinidad they're i mean they're not that great at soccer i mean they're they're they can be competitive sometimes and i think they made the world cup in 2002 um so there's at least some kind of like soccer, yeah, history there. We we somehow got into I well we I think we were talking about the greatest if like the greatest sporting uh, accomplishments from mm-hmm. Trinidad and Tobago. So yeah, we were wondering if they had made the the World Cup. We needed you there, um, Kevin. Did you find the price for a 2002 mint condition Mazda Protege? Uh, I did. I, I didn't go with the mint condition route. I okay. Went with the, uh, 
fair condition route, which uh, I, I think would be generous um, <laughs> for, for my car. Uh, and that, and this is a trade-in range, so I don't know how this like equates to, to like a cash sale, but um, it's like anywhere from three hundred fourteen dollars to seven hundred fifty-one dollars. <laughs> oh man. So, so you're definitely on the lower end of that. Well, keep in mind that when you're trading yeah, and, in, you're not going to get as much. Exactly, oh. and and also I'm not entirely sure I'm uh, what like the the package and stuff that that the car is. I kind of just went with, like standard everything, oh, but okay. I, I know that it has like power windows and stuff, so that might be a little bit different. Yeah, I'm sure power windows. Are- <laughs> it, it, it doesn't have, it doesn't have any in- interior door handles at this point, so that's another. Uh, Another knock. You need to like find a demolition derby and like sell yeah. it for two hundred bucks to that guy. Yeah, and be like, dude, no, why would I sell that? We should do that. You should definitely do it. I will watch we, it. We could, we could paint it. We could paint it. Uh, oh, Mighty Ducks colors. Yeah, Quack Attack yeah. logo yeah. on the hood. All right, so Kevin's gonna look yeah. into that and see if there's <laughs> like a next Facebook live. any local demolition derbies we could enter. We'd probably have to we have dope. to spend some money reinforcing the yeah. car a bit. Otherwise, we'll have to pay for Kevin's funeral the following yeah. weekend. Yeah, we would definitely I think, have we, to I think we'd have to we'd have to get rid of the airbag. Oh, that's true. So you have to get in an accident beforehand so they go off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, just run into a pole or something. Yeah, they run into that thing at the gas station. Yeah. All right, we've wasted too much time already. Let's go into the topic. Tommy, what is our topic today? Okay, so we're basically going to the beginning, uh, the beginning of the franchise. We're going to be taking a deep dive into Gordon Bombay's penalty shot, which seemingly, in my opinion, kind of kicked off this entire saga. That is a good opinion because it does start the movie as well. It starts the first documentary. So uh, a lot to go on here, but I want to start really at the beginning and in the audio as the credits roll. We kind of get some background here, and I, I was listening to it, and basically Duluth has the puck in the Hawk zone. They pass it out to the point. Gordon Bombay picks it off, intercepts the pass, goes in on a breakaway, is pulled down by Fox for a penalty shot. Now, tie game here in the state championship. Players got a breakaway. Is that the right move for Fox? Should he have pulled him down? Uh, I think it depends. Like, has Gordon already scored like two breakaway goals? And is your goalie good at stopping penalties? Mm. I mean, I, I think that's a, a tough decision. I mean, it could have been an accident. Well, yeah, yeah. I you figure if I'm Fox, I probably take that just just on the risk that maybe hey. There is no call, and then, and then, the refs don't call it, and then it just goes to overtime anyway. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of sort of uh, pressure on Gordon. I don't know how much Fox realized the pressure that Riley was gonna put on Gordon. Uh, Kevin, would you have pulled down Bombay in that situation? I, I kind of, uh, I kind of agree with you there. There's almost no, uh, no downside to it. Um, I mean, if it is almost like a, a, a sure thing that he's at least going to looking like he's going to score, I mean, there's no, there's no downside in doing this. Um, I, I think you kind of give your goalie a chance to kind of prepare. Um, and, uh, it, I, I think it was a good move. It's it pretty shrewd on his part, uh, especially if he does know 
like maybe he and Gordon are buddies, you know, like I, outside of the league. And he knows the pressure that, that the coach puts on him. So maybe he kind of takes that into account too. Although this is a lot to like play out in like a 12 year old's head, uh, like at this time, um, like in like a snap, you know, snap judgment. But, uh, you know, maybe there's some of those kind of inner workings going on as well. And, uh, and you know, I, I think I agree with you guys. Also, I think the pressure is definitely more on Bombay in that situation of the penalty shot than it is on the goalie. And so, like you said, gives the goalie some time to kind of get his composure. But Bombay, he then, he then has to, you know, think about it and obviously mm-hmm. get this horrible pep talk from his coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the only downside is you're removing the time element from it. So maybe Bombay has to get off a shot a little earlier than he'd like if he was just in on that breakaway and doesn't get hauled down. But good sort of segue here, Tommy, about that pep talk. Uh Riley really puts the pressure on Bombay there. Maybe he thought he could handle it. Just what do you think, Riley? What's the motivation behind Riley there? Um, I think Riley's just an asshole. I mean, I don't think I don't know if there's like a true motivation there. I think he's just kind of like like power hungry and like he's 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 so addicted to winning that he doesn't like he's 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 gone mad essentially. Do you think he's like been in this situation before? Because it, like, he's obviously coached hundreds of games. Yeah, and so he knows how to get the most out of his team. So, do you think he like thinks Gordon kind of reacts would react well to this, and like maybe he's like used this kind of reinforcement with um, Gordon before and it's worked, and then maybe like he used it before Gordon's dad died. And it worked or something like because Gordon was like, yeah, you know, I'm I'm not letting anyone down. I'm the man. Mm-hmm. But now like Gordon's dad died and you know maybe something yeah. happened and he's like, oh, I I can't let people down now, or something like that. I was I was gonna ask like what where in the timeline does his dad die here? I can't remember. Dad is already dead. Yeah, that's like certainly recently? what it seems like at, at the very least. And I think it was somewhat recently, like probably that season. Yeah, so so maybe it is just like Riley just kind of misreads Bombay at this point, or kind of just forgets, or, or like I said, is just an asshole. Uh, and you know, Bombay has kind of the weight of the world on his shoulders, and you know, it just kind of crumbles. Yeah, I that is Gordon or Riley's sort of coaching style to really get on him and kind of put it all on him, like against the Hawks or when the Ducks are first playing the Hawks, he's like, oh. Anybody could have beaten these pansies. Like, we got to score more. Um, and maybe, yeah, he just didn't read it, and he, he just went to what he knew, and he just didn't read Bombay had sort of changed since his father has died. Um, Bombay comes out, seems very sort of, um, he seems scared. Now, he's also no face mask. Um, this is 1973. Is this a choice by Gordon Bombay? Does everyone in the league have no face mask? Or is this like a style thing that the star of the league just does because he likes it? I can imagine them not wearing face masks then. I mean, it's like, when do they start wearing helmets in uh, an NHL? It was like, it was a lot later than you think it is. It was like the 80s. It was like late 80s. Okay, so I mean, I can imagine them 
requiring kids to wear helmets, but them like not even thinking that they should put face masks on. Like that not even like being part yeah. of it. Like what? Why would I put a face mask on? They're not the goalie. Yeah. And I, like even Wait. in the NHL, it took a really long time for goalies to even wear face masks. So yeah, that could definitely be a thing. They didn't start wearing helmets until the 80s? Well, what about like the uh, the Olympics? Weren't they wearing like in Miracle on Ice? Weren't they wearing? Well, uh, they like they didn't. I don't. I'm. I think you could pick. Uh, I'll oh, so you could have the option of like not wearing a helmet. Yeah, and and there was a there was a guy. There were people like into the 90s who you were basically grandfathered in. If you didn't want to wear a helmet, you didn't have to wear. In the a 90s. Wow. Uh, yeah, the last one was like Craig McTavish, who was a coach of the. Um, he was the coach of the Edmonton Oilers. And let me see if yeah, he can on. let me see if he can pick up when he retired. But he was like he was the last one not to wear a helmet. Um he he was there he retired following the 1996-1997 season. Jesus. Yeah. So, yeah, th- th- like it was a lot later than you think. So, Okay, so Bombay, that's just what he does. He's looking scared at the thing. Do you think he knows what move he's going to do, or is he just going to improvise here? Well, since, like, Riley, they don't talk about the move at all. You figure no. that would they talk about. Yeah. Um, And be like, oh, hey, you know, this would be, you know, what are you thinking, or blah, blah, blah. And so it must be like they know they're doing triple deke, but I don't know. Is he, like, their designated penalty taker? So, like, they know, hey, that's what you're going to do whenever you're in the situation. Like, until you do it for the first I think, time. I think Bombay is, like, enough of a star on that team that, I mean, it's kind of, you know, they, they know. Like, he's practiced this situation. You know, he knows exactly what his go-to is. I, I think he's, you know, that level of player. Um, I don't think that he really needs to be coached up in that scenario. Okay. Uh, real quick. So, players who signed con- professional contracts after June 1st, 1979 were required to wear helmets. Okay. But, so, um, yeah, so I I think Bombay just sort of felt the moment here, and he didn't really understand. He, he I don't think he thought about it. I think he's in his head here, and, and uh, Riley has sort of that speech sort of got into his head. Uh, was that the triple deke? Like, it's very hard to tell what is and is not a triple deke because it's just three stick handles and then a shot. But are we under the assumption that Bombay pulled off the triple deke right there? I think so because later in the movie, when he's talking to when he's talking to Charlie about his the penalty shot, he says, "Fake the goalie right out of his pads." Yeah, and so and then of course they're in D two. Um, I think it was D two where uh, Stanson, uh, the wolf. The dentist, uh, doesn't he like make something like, make some like daddy reference to Bombay, like teach that me that little move your daddy taught you or something oh, like yeah. that. And so I imagine that was like the and he definitely if that was a move that his dad taught him, you know he's using that right yeah. after his dad dies. Oh yeah, he's going with triple D. That's a good well, point. and and especially too because he he tells Charlie that like to to go with that as yeah. well. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I now that you bring it up, he might actually, when he's recounting it to Charlie, he might actually Oh, doesn't say, he go like one, two, he's three? Like, he's like, triple D faked him right out of the pass. He might actually say that. Oh, okay. I can't remember right now. Uh, I'll look it up. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, the other thing about that penalty shot, 
Bombay, very short. Goalie is very ginormous. Who's on, like, the extreme end? Like, are most kids in the league as big as Bombay? Or is most kids in the league as big as the goalie? Bombay does look pretty small. I, I would imagine, too, like, Bombay is a good enough player. He's probably, like, the youngest in the league, you know? Oh, or that's good He point. would be, like, that caliber of player that would still... Oh, he's, like, know, nine playing play. the 12-year-olds or something? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay. So, okay. Yeah, yeah that makes a lot of sense, but it's, Bombay it's like is... like, LeBron is, like, a 14-year-old playing, like, on, like, at Poly Pavilion, like, to practice, you know what I mean? Like, like or that's probably a bad reference just geographically, but... <laughs> Yeah, but if Bombay is playing up, is he still a star? I mean, he's playing at the probably. Yeah, I mean, he's he's like a, you know, a protege basically. Okay. Yeah, he's a prodigy. Prodigy. And when I say a fucking Mazda protege is in my head, <laughs> it's a prodigy. <laughs> Shout out to Mazda proteges everywhere. Yeah, maybe we can get Mazda to like sp- sponsor this demolition derby. Oh, that's a good idea. Dude, if they could get me a new car, that'd be dope. That'd be a good. Just start tweeting at him. We'll see <laughs> what happens. Uh, okay. Back to Gordon here. Gordon does beat the goalie. Fakes him right out of his pads. He does. And the goalie, by the way, terrible positioning. Goalie is favoring his blocker, which I don't know why anyone, any goalie would do that. They all, they all want you to go glove side so they can make that save. But goalie is, is way, to the left side of the net, favoring his blocker side. Bombay, to his credit, goes blocker side, and then he hits the post. Uh, is that unlucky? Is that a bad shot? Because he does go up high when he he. There's a chance he could have just slid it right on the ice and beat him. I, what's interesting is the goalie. He like does like a full leapfrog jump, <laughs> like he's saving the president from a bullet. Yeah. When in really he should have just been kind of like moving his hands or whatever. Or, yeah. You know, protecting it from it's So I, you imagine Bombay could have just done like a little fake and then just like slipped it in the other side with the goalie's not even there. So I think it was just Bombay was set on the triple deke and maybe the goalie knew it, but the goalie was just so bad that he couldn't stop it. Yeah, the, the goalie's uh, dive uh, was reminiscent of Sinbad when he saved the first kid. Oh, that's a great movie. <laughs> wow, that's a good poll there. Shout out to Sinbad. You know what's interesting? The kid in First Kid looks a lot like young Gordon Bombay. Oh. I want Mike to put a photo comparison next of those two. Interesting. Okay, I'll do that for sure. Are, are we? Th- is that just a look-alike, or, or is there some sort of family connection that we're getting into? Maybe here? it is the kid. Because, I mean, first kid probably came out in what, like 96, 97? Oh, yeah. You mean like, oh, now we have to look it up. On the I, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling it up. I'm, I'm pulling okay. it up right now. Okay. Yeah, is that is Brock interesting. Pierce? What? Brock Pierce is, the, is yeah, young Brock Gordon. Pierce. It is the kid. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. That was so great. Davenport. Wow. What a what a what a great web we just spun. You think yeah. Sinbad will come on the pod? I'm sure he's not doing probably. anything else. So we could probably try to get him. I mean, probably not after that comment I just made. I retract that comment, Sinbad. We'd love you. We'd love to have you on the pod. Uh love to have Sinbad you. was great in Good Burger as the uh the teacher with the big afro. Oh. Yeah. That's a good poll too. I forgot he was even in Good Burger. 
Uh, he's in a lot of great movies. Great in Shazam. Shazam. Is that seen that like internet conspiracy? Yes. Yeah, I was like, "What are you talking about?" I was like, "I was like, I wasn't sure if you actually were one of those people who thought Shazam was a '90s kids movie featuring Sinbad as a genie, or you had seen that story that someone did where basically they found like basically there's this group on the internet that like reminisces about that movie that never existed. It's a great story. I'll put it in the show notes. Do you think the Mighty Ducks never existed? And were oh. that group? Everybody knows that existed. <laughs> that would be crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That Anywho. would. Yeah, that would blow my mind. Like, I don't think I could come back from that if they were like, "Yeah, these movies never existed, and this is just all in your mind." Um, now we're getting deep. Uh, let's return to Gordon. Anywho, yeah, Sinbad is great. Um, so yeah, Gordon, who's uh. I guess his parents later come on to be president or something. I guess I don't know. Um, Maybe it's a brother or a strange brother. We'll find out some kind of connection okay. uh, at a later date. But yeah, um, goalie was terrible. And what's really interesting is so Gordon like it hits the post. The goalie and I've always noticed this. He skates off and like pumping his arms, like he <laughs> just like made the best save in the world. When in reality, it's like, thank God that kid's dad just died. So the weight of the world were on his shoulders. And he's just going like nuts with his like hands in the air. It's like, dude, you didn't like, hey, you yeah. have to go back in overtime. So like do calm say, down a bit. Do you, as a teammate, do you say good job like to that goalie or like? Yeah, I mean, you'd be yeah. like, yeah, you got in his head. Good positioning or something. I don't know. Yeah, you definitely do it because <laughs> you do have overtime to play. But the goalie does go way overboard, especially when he didn't even make any sort of save. He didn't even touch the puck. It just bounced off the post. So yeah, you do bring up overtime now, which is interesting because a lot of blame on Gordon Bombay here, but the entire team had overtime to win the game. So I, I guess you can blame him in some sense depending on how that game was going. Maybe the Hawks got up big and, and Duluth came back and was really controlling the game, so this was their last chance to win it. But you go into overtime, Riley obviously disappointed in Bombay. Does Riley play Bombay in overtime? I don't know. It's You look at Riley's body language after Gordon misses a shot, and he is so dejected. And you know the team has got to see that. And they're just like, oh, my God. There's no, like, guys, shake it off, shake it off. You know, great teams overcome adversity or whatever. Um, I don't know if I I can feel like he's like, all right, now you've got a chance to redeem yourself. Or maybe he's like, don't fucking talk to me. And he benches Bombay. And the kids are like, our best player is not there now. And I could also imagine um, the opposing team scoring really quickly to end it. Just because, like. The Hawks are, like, not prepared. Like, they were so, like... The, I think the benching of Bombay is, like, a fascinating, uh, like, storyline. Like, if he is that, like, serious and he chooses to bench Bombay and then they lose, like, how do the kids react, first of all? And, um, you know, why doesn't Riley get more blamed for that? Uh, I think that's kind of a fascinating possibility. Yeah, uh, especially when you have this prodigy or protege, uh, <laughs> who's your best player. Yeah, there has to be some some coaching there to to get those kids up for overtime, and apparently it doesn't happen. I mean, who knows? This game might have gone to like triple overtime or something. We don't know, but 
from the way it seems, Duluth just wins in overtime. So a yeah. lot. And isn't there like a photo of Bombay like missing the shot in the paper? Yes. And so if it went to triple overtime, that wouldn't be the shot. Yeah. Okay. That's a good point. Yeah. So so Duluth had to have scored relatively quickly and probably must have been dominating that game late for for this penalty shot to really be the difference here because you figure if the Hawks are dominating they had a few chances in overtime uh didn't get it and Duluth scores so so yeah maybe Duluth was just the better team this is the this is coming early on in the Hawks' run so maybe they weren't as dominant as they are when we see them uh what 29 years later if it was early in the Hawks run though I don't feel like Riley would have been in that you know win at all costs mentality because mm. like you imagine like coaches when they first start off they're just like oh you know just have fun kids yeah. you know it's not about winning it's how you play the game etc so i can imagine this That's being like bullshit. after they've won like four straight titles okay yeah yeah that makes sense so they, they've had some success but they haven't put in together like the 10-year run yet yeah and also it's like bombay like bombay is clearly the best player in the league and for him to miss this penalty shot was just so huge that maybe that warrants the, like, that was the story. Yeah. It's like no one envisioned Bombay missing. And maybe he had a terrible game to begin with. That's true. That's true. We don't really have much to go on uh, as far as that specific game. We know he scored 197 goals in the season. But we don't know if that counts the postseason or anything like that. So a lot's still up in the air. Yeah. A lot of blame on Bombay. I am I am curious why there isn't more blame on the coach. But then again, um, players play players play the game. So maybe I think that all the blame rests solely on the coach's shoulders for the terrible pep talk, and then later not being able to react to Bombay missing. Um, obviously, and, and now if if this was like a higher level. I'd say, like, yeah, I mean, he, sh- he should have made that shot. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, here we got, like, a 10-year-old. Yeah. And he collapses on the ice. He looks up to the coach, who is now his father figure. And the and Riley's just looking down. He looks at him. He's just like, ugh. You know, I wish this son had died instead of the dad. Like, <laughs> And I'm sure that's how Gordon felt. Because, I mean, he's looking at this yeah. new father figure, and his father figure is so disappointed in him. Yeah. Kevin, who are you blaming here? Bombay? I mean, Riley? I, I think you go with Riley. I mean, I, I don't think there's any way you can't blame him. I mean, of course, Bombay missed the shot, but I think it, it was just a very poorly handled situation on all counts uh, from uh, from Riley's perspective. Um, I mean, it, 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 he should have, you know, recognized kind of the, the, the fragile state that Bombay was in. Um, and kind of played, you know, kind of adjusted his strategy there. But he obviously didn't do that. Maybe he's incapable of doing that. But um, I definitely would put the blame squarely on Riley's shoulders. Uh, real quick, I know we're running out of time. What do you think the post-game lock, like the post-game speech or the locker room is like in that Hawks, you know, after they just lost? Do you think Riley is essentially like berating these kids or does he not know how to like handle a loss? 
Yeah, I I'm not sure Riley even goes into the locker room. He's just so yeah. upset that he goes he right just, to his car. Yeah, he just leaves <laughs> and, and and is pissed, and then comes back. You know, next season and for the returners, maybe he lights into them then. But I'm not sure he even gives a speech because maybe he realizes if it does, it's gonna go badly. Things could get out of hand. Things could be violent. So, <laughs> like he was gonna punch the shit out of Bombay. Just... <laughs> yeah. Do do you think uh, any of the players kind of uh, are pissed off at Charlie? Charlie at Bombay. I'm sorry, at Bombay. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think I think they take after Riley. Absolutely. It, yeah. So Riley is is upset and, and dejected when Bombay misses the shot and doesn't really pump up the team because Riley. It's clear Riley did not make the necessary adjustments in overtime. Because we, we know just through circumstantial evidence to lose scores quickly. So maybe a better coach rallies the team there and, and pumps Bombay up and Bombay makes up for it. But Riley doesn't do that. And I, the kids have to take take uh, some cues from Riley there. Yeah, the kids see Riley's body language and then they they freeze up and they don't know how to react. And that's, again, squarely on Riley. So, All right, let's go. To the quack question, uh, as Tommy said, we're a little over. So, any other thoughts on that? We, if you have any other thoughts, let us know at Quack Deck Pod, and maybe we'll have a comeback. Maybe we'll have a little return episode, sequel episode on the overtime and Bombay and Riley's playing and Riley playing Bombay and all that kind of stuff. So, quack question. You ask us questions on Twitter, on Facebook, through email. We try to answer them. We pick the best ones. Kevin has one for us now. Kevin, give it to us straight. Okay, this week's quack question comes from Mac Wilson, who is at Cinetite uh, on Twitter. Uh, not sure what that means, but uh, question is, uh, didn't Maria uh, from D2 uh, have more to lose by going on an ice cream date with Gordon? And they follow up with, she was an assistant and therefore expendable. Okay, and so I like this question a lot. Um, I disagree because I think she, like, um, you know, dentist, he knows that Marie is there. And he's like, yes, find out what you can about Team USA. Get in Gordon's head. And, you know, Maria, I mean, is probably like, yeah, I can do that. But, like, she probably also is just like, likes Gordon. Yeah. But, I mean, she she's a smart woman. She wouldn't, like, go on this date if it was going to compromise her job. She'd be like, hey um gordon asked me out would that be okay with you yeah i I don't know man love is love dude you know you think they're in love uh yeah i mean mean, well no you know (laughs) uh i i i think this question presumes that uh there's not anything sinister going on um from like the iceland side Mm -hmm. uh so it's kind of you know an, an equal playing field there uh, I do think that uh, she had more to lose because, I mean, if, if, if you're taking that scenario and, and the dentist finds out that she went on the stage, she's done. She's finished. Or, or then he does kind of hold that over her head and kind of makes her, you know, continue the relationship or whatever. Um, but in, in any event, um, you know, he, she has, you know, she has her masters, but Bombay does not. Uh, he's kind of calling the shots for for everyone um, on his side of things. So 
uh, I definitely think she has more to lose. Also, maybe like, you know, Team Iceland is made out to be these big bullies. Maybe they're actually not that bad. It's And Wolf's like, oh, yeah, have a good time. You know, we're here to, you know, in, this, <laughs> in the spirit of camaraderie, we're, we're here to make connections, you know, to grow Iceland hockey. And Gordon Bombay is a, you know, essentially they're like making him up to be a national figure. So maybe he's like, oh, yeah, have fun. You know, let me know how the ice cream is. So maybe like Wolf is just misunderstood perhaps oh and maybe that's why i jumped to the whole sinister plot <laughs> okay a lot going on here so first of all i did not necessarily presume that that there was nothing sinister going on and if you if you take that assumption out i i do think it's a no lose situation for maria because yeah she goes she tells wolf and she gets some info but she's still she's attracted to Gordon and wants to get to know Gordon. So like if that works out later on, that doesn't necessarily hurt her with Iceland now. Now, if you assume that nothing sinister is going on, then yes, obviously Maria could face some trouble because Wolf seems like seems like he's got the iron iron fist there and he's gonna bring it down. But if you go to Tommy, if Wolf is misunderstood, then is he playing this up? Is he playing up the villain card like when he steps in front of the press conference and says Team USA is going down? That's where they're going. Is that like an act and is Bombay in on it? I think it might be an act. I don't know if Bombay is in on it. I mean, it's really, I think we need to talk about this at a, a later episode. Is, okay. is this potentially an act? But yeah. I've I've got a couple of theories that could support it. Okay, okay, yeah. Well, so we'll save that. For yeah, a but I think um, to kind of definitively answer the question, I think potentially, yeah, you you could be like risking more, but at the same time, Bombay, like, let's say Tibble saw them, he'd be like, "What are you doing? Like, we're marketing Iceland as the enemy, and here you are breaking bread with this woman." So, but I mean, it's a good storyline if they want to try and get like butts in the seats. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that's a good point. Now, so maybe this... Maria's working for Tibbles. Oh, and they're trying to like get like photos of Bombay and Maria like to run in the tabloids, be like, "Oh, USA Iceland" or whatever, or something like that. I can imagine there being some kind of like marketing behind this, like some scheming. I like this. To... I, I like this. Now, is this? There's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, is like this that. before or after the Iceland loss? This is before. Oh, it's before. Yeah. Okay, so so Tibbles is feeling good at this point, and he's like, "Oh yeah, let's let's get some more news. Let's drum up another story." Exactly. I see. I like this. This is good. Because if, if it was after that first loss, I mean, Bombay might get fired after that. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Did you like collude beforehand? Are you sleeping with her, and that's why you lost? <laughs> yeah. Now, the... although, although Bombay could spin it as he's trying to get intel. Oh, he's pulling the opposite move that Maria's pulling. Yeah, now the only thing with the Tibbles-Maria connection is if this happens and the tablets see it, Wolf is going to go to Maria and and be like, why are you with Bombay? Is she able to spin that and say, oh, I was just getting info, even though they're like laughing and eating ice cream and stuff like that? Yeah, and I imagine Wolf has a, a good amount of trust in her, like, in his what, assistant. What has given you this indication about Wolf? That, no, that Wolf uh, trusts Maria. Yeah, I can see that. Like, Why? Um, 
Why she's his assistant coach? Yeah, she's a trainer. She he brought her and like almost nobody else from Iceland. So she, he's got to trust her at little. It's not like he bit. just like picked her up. He's, he's not like Miss McKay who was just assigned to the team. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I can imagine Wolf being like, you know, explain this, and then she was like, "You need to trust me," and then okay, and then they whoop Team USA's ass twelve to one, and he's like, "Okay, yeah, okay, uh, yeah, I can see this. A lot to go on here. I like this. This question spurned a, a whole web of topics here, so a lot to go on. Kevin, anything else before we wrap it up here? No, that's. I think we pretty much covered everything that we're going to get to today. All right. Yeah, let us know your fan theories and about potentially Wolf Maria dynamic, and we can address them in a later episode. I agree. I agree. Go to thequackdeck.com. Contact us at quackdeckpod on Twitter, facebook.com slash quackdeckpod. Go to iTunes. Give us five stars. Tell us your thoughts on the Bombay Maria Wolf Tibbles even Portman and Fulton storylines here. <laughs> and remember, before that, go to the shop. <laughs> get some products. And, uh, you know, pay for our bills. And get some cool stuff. I saw my brother. He really loved the cake eater design. He he talks about it every time I talk to him. Did he buy it? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> but he likes the design. So check it out. Check out all that stuff mugs all that kind of stuff is coming soon so remember ducks fly together ducks fly together back back